Um, we'll begin with, we'll have the same form we've been using. We'll be sitting for half an hour and then we'll talk for about a half an hour and then a discussion. So please make your body comfortable. And I'm gonna actually, this is gonna be a guided meditation that I'm gonna do that is based on what I'm gonna talk about later from the sutta. <clears throat> and so please be uh, upright and comfortable, alert, and relaxed as possible. And we're going to do an embodiment meditation that is related to the Satipatthana Sutta, and especially the uh, section uh, about the parts of the body. So please set up your posture so it's relatively comfortable and upright. And then uh, let your attention come to the top of your head. And we're going to be going through the different parts of the body in a way that's taught by Venerable Analyo, who maybe many of you have sat with, I've sat with him many times, and I do this style of meditation every day as part of my practice. And so we're going to go through the different components of the body, skin, flesh, bones. And we're going to scan the body for skin, and then flesh, and then bones. And so beginning at the top of the head, you want to become aware of feel, sense, or just know that there is skin there at the top of your head. And then start to, in a very relaxed way, be aware of the fact that there's skin in your head, not in your head, on your head, and your face, the back of the head. And you just want to feel that sense of skin, the outer part of the body. Feeling it in your cheeks and jaw, 
the back of the head, and then moving into the next section of the body, the neck, and feeling, sensing, be aware of the neck and the skin that is there. And you could sense it or feel it or just know that it's there as you stay in that portion of the body. And then let your attention move to your left shoulder and feel the skin on the top of the torso where the shoulder is. And then we'll move down from the shoulder and you want to be aware of the skin <clears throat> of the upper left arm. From the shoulder, the armpit, around the bicep, tricep, to the elbow, skin. And then moving into the lower left arm, from the elbow to the wrist, skin. And then from the wrist, moving into the hand, the palm, the back of the hand, skin. And then the fingers, skin. And then shifting your attention to the right shoulder. Skin, being aware of it, feeling it, simply knowing that there is skin there, sensing it, whatever works in a relaxed way for you. And then from the shoulder into the upper right arm, skin. into the right elbow, skin. And the lower right arm from the elbow to the wrist, skin. And then into the right hand, the palm, back of the hand, the fingers, skin. And of course you may have other thoughts or feelings or sounds or smells happening. And as best you can, let them be in the background while we move through the different parts of the body, being mindful of the components of the body. And then shifting your attention now into the upper back of the torso. 
and just feeling, sensing, being aware of the skin in the upper half of the back of the torso. And then letting the awareness flow into the lower half of the back of the torso, being aware of skin. And then shifting to the upper front of the torso, the chest, breast, feeling the skin. And then moving into the lower half of the torso, the belly, the pelvis, genitals, skin. Then shifting attention into the left hip and buttock skin. Flowing down into the left upper leg skin. the left knee and lower leg, being aware of skin. All the way into the left ankle, skin. Then the left foot and toes, skin. Shifting to the right hip and buttock, skin. The right upper leg and knee, skin. And the right lower leg and ankle, skin. And the right foot and toes, skin. Then very gently sensing the whole body, the skin of the whole body from top to bottom. Skin.
And now we'll shift our attention back into our left foot and sense the flesh surrounds the toes, what surrounds the bones of the toes and a part of the feet, feeling, sensing, being aware of, simply knowing there is flesh here, flesh. And then moving into the left lower leg, feeling the flesh of the calf. And then being aware, knowing, sensing the flesh of the left upper leg into the hip and buttock flesh. And shifting the awareness so it saturates the right foot and being aware of the foot and toes flesh. And then moving into the right lower leg flesh. And then saturating the right upper leg, hip and buttock, flesh. Feeling it, sensing it, being aware of it, simply knowing there is flesh here. And again, moving into the torso, the lower part of the torso, and beginning to sense the flesh that's here, muscles, organs, any other tangible substance that's not just liquid, but the flesh that's here. Feeling the flesh in the lower part of the torso, the stomach, belly. Maybe the kidneys, liver, flesh. And then letting the awareness move into the upper part of the torso. Well, lungs and heart, flesh. Then shifting the attention to your left hand fingers feeling, sensing, being aware of, knowing that there is flesh here. 
in your left hand. And moving into the left forearm, flesh. And then moving into the left upper arm and shoulder, flesh. And then shifting your attention to the right hand, the fingers, palm, back of the hand, the inside, the flesh of the right hand. And moving into the right lower arm, flesh. And then being mindful of this experience of flesh in the right upper arm. Including the shoulder. So then now we feel the flesh in both shoulders. And then the neck, where there is flesh. And then moving into the head, you can feel the flesh that is part of the head, the jowls, the tongue, the brain flesh and then very gently in a relaxed way just sensing the flesh of the whole body that's sitting here or standing here And the third scan will begin again with the top of the head. And we want to be mindful, fully aware, knowing of the bone that is here. And so you can feel, sense, be aware of, know bones in your head that the head is constructed of bones and they're right here sitting with you. Letting the scan gently move down through the top of the head, the jaw, teeth being bones, and then sensing or being aware of the bones that go 
through the neck, the top of the spine, bones, and then to the left shoulder, the bones of the left shoulder. and into the bones of the left upper arm, the bone, one big bone, the left upper arm, from the shoulder to the elbow. And then the connection from the elbow, the bones that go down to the wrist, bones and then sensing feeling being aware of simply knowing that there are bones multiple bones in the hands and fingers being mindful of the bones of your hand And shifting to the right shoulder, being mindful of the bones of the right shoulder. And then the bones of the upper right arm, the bone, it's just one. And then the bones, there are multiple from the elbow to the wrist. And then being mindful of the many bones in the hand and fingers. And then going back to the shoulders and feeling the upper half of the torso, the bones that are part of our structure, chest bones, ribs, that go around and back and meet with the spine, which is also bones. The spine going down getting larger as it goes to the lower half of the torso. We can be aware of bones. And then the pelvis that has its set of bones. And then coming out of the pelvis is the left hip bone going from the hip to the knee bone and the bones that go from the left knee to the left ankle bone 
simply feeling it, sensing it, being mindful of it, knowing that there is bone here. And then into the left foot and toes, many bones. And then shifting to the right hip and the bone, which then connects to the right upper leg bone, which goes to the knee bone. And then from the knee to the ankle bone. And then the many bones in the foot bone. And then please, in a very relaxed way, sense the totality of the bone in your body, what we call the skeleton that is sitting here. And as we continue to feel, sense, be aware of the bones, being aware of the flesh that surrounds the bones, is sometimes inside, encapsulated by some of the bone and around it and then including the skin. That everything is wrapped in our skin so that you're sensing, feeling, being aware of, mindful of, knowing skin, flesh, and bones here in the present moment. And for the last portion of this meditation, we will begin to include another factor that is in the Satipatthana Sutta, the elements. And so you can again sense what's hard or strong or stable. Usually bone is part of that, and that is the earth element. And so you can be aware of this component of reality that's called the earth element. As you feel or sense your whole body, the heaviness or pressure you might feel is part of the earth element. Of course, the bones are 
very symbolic of the earth element. And then beginning to let go of the earth element and become aware of the water element, the fluidity that is part of our body, the various liquids that are here, spinal fluids, blood, urine, other fluids, moisture, feeling the, the saliva in your mouth or the liquid in your, that keeps the eyes fluid. And of course, part of one of the qualities of liquid is cohesion. It's a part of a way to sense our whole body in a proprioceptive way is part of the water element. And then the fire element, heat, warmth, coolness are all part of the fire element that's right here. It's alive as part of us. Digestion, metabolization in that way is part of the cooking or the fire element of our food. And of course, most simply, it's just, are you warm or cool? It's a display of the fire element, temperature. And the last element is the wind element or the air element. And it's the element of motion, movement, expansion and contraction. Most obviously characterized by our breathing. And so please become aware of the air element as you breathe right now. And as you stay with the body breathing, you can see that the mindfulness of the elements is both internal and external. That one of the things that characterizes our world is earth, 
water, fire, air. The ground, the fluidity of reality, the warmth and coolness of the universe and the movement, the air. The wind that is part of our earth. So, um, we just did a very um, traditional way to practice of practicing with the, um, with the components of the body and then with the elements. And they're in the, the Satipatthana Sutta. And there are talked about as a reflection on the parts of the body, which I'll read to you in a little bit, and, and also that four elements. Um, and you may have questions that may have brought up a lot of different kinds of questions. Hold on to your questions or write them down so you don't forget them. So we can talk about that. But I want to give a little more context for it and how I understand it and what I've experienced, and especially that kind of meditation that I actually, I do it every day. And it's really, um, and I can do it very slowly. I could take 30 or 40 minutes to do that meditation, or I can do it in five minutes. And there's not a right or wrong. It's what's appropriate, what's supportive, what's needed at that time. And it's often very, um, stabilizing because it it brings another level of embodiment and that's what we're hoping to encourage as part of this class especially with the first foundation of mindfulness is the embodiment of awareness and i did learn that meditation from uh from venerable analyo and i totally loved doing that with him and he does that all the time and um, uh, and he also, so I'll say a little more. Let me just say a few things here. So um, basically the movement of the first foundation, right, is we started with, um, we were, I taught about the definition and the refrain, 
about being ardent, fully aware, mindful, and also not clinging to anything in the world. Those are the pieces that I'm encouraging you to really hear. And, um, and then we went to mindfulness of breath. And then we went to mindfulness of posture and all activities. And it's interesting because this meditation about the parts of the body takes us back to the breath, right? Because it's, it's another way to get to the breath through the actual aliveness of the body and the element of the air element or the wind element. <clears throat> and, and it keeps moving the satipatthana in moving us to the most basic components of human life, which is our body, and making it more simple, less complicated, less add-ons. It's just very simple. There are these parts of the body. And it, the 32 parts of the body, which this is, piece is talked about, is, and I'll read them to you, and you want to just see what happens as you just let them land. And of course, they all won't land, but don't worry about that. So the 32 parts of the body are head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestines, small intestines, stomach, feces, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. So, and I just want you to sense, feel, be aware of that that's what's sitting here, all of that, right? Everybody got that? Said, if it raise your hand if you think that um, um, if some of that is not here, right? And maybe if you've had something removed, maybe it's not here. But basically, that's all sitting here, and so this is part of what the Buddha wanted us to see. And he used a beautiful little metaphor. He talked about it like a grain of rice. And if you open up a grain of rice, you'll see white rice and, or, or a big bag of rice that you would find in a store of different rices. And so there'd be white rice or brown rice or, or it would have, it would, a metaphor, the metaphor is a bag of grains, beans, seeds, nuts. And so there could be white rice or brown rice or black beans or lima beans or white beans or kidney beans or pumpkin seeds, or sesame seeds, or almonds. And he just kind of goes through that somebody opens this up and here's what they see. And he's saying to us, oh, look at your body like that. Just take a look at what's here. And he's not saying good or bad. He's not saying, oh, this is good and this is bad, or, you know, the brain is good or feces is bad. I always think it's very odd that feces and brain, brain are right next to each other in his list. But, you know, maybe he knows more than I do. But, um, but it's, just, it's just what's here. And it's learning how to be objective in a very relaxed way about what's sitting here. 
and seeing it not from our usual perspective, because we see it from the perspective mostly of what we add on to it. Oh, we look good, or we look bad, or we're getting old, or it doesn't work, or it does work, or it's this and that. But we don't just see the basic body and what it's consisted of, what, what the, the different parts are that are right here, right? Skin, flesh, and bones is sitting right here for all of us. And so he's, the Satipatthana is pointing us, remember it's the first foundation, it's, it's the foundational part that it keeps pointing us to, which is more basic, more primary, right? And we want to get to know the body in this way. That's all. I'm not saying change it or fix it or it's right or wrong. Just get to know it in a, what I would call an objective way. It's a body, and here are the parts of the body. And so what is our relationship to the body becomes an important piece that's inherent in the first foundation of mindfulness because the Buddha keeps pushing the edge of what we're comfortable with, right? In, in my opinion. And so is our relationship negative or positive with our body? And then can we start to work with the objectivity of it's just a body? You know, and it's got its pluses and minuses like everything, but it's just the body. And it's kind of amazing that it's alive and we're alive, but it's still, everywhere you look, all animals have bodies. All humans have bodies, right? Even, and of course, I'm, I'm making a generalization and there's always specifics that are outside of that in, in a very precise way, because some people have lost parts of their body, of course, but we're pointing to something that's part of practice, which is being mindful of the body and seeing what happens if we get objective using what the Buddha taught us, using what he pointed at. And of course, I mean, I think the body is kind of amazing also. And so it's not just one or the other. Walt Whitman said, if anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. And I think that's also in Buddhism. It's the, you know, it's the precious human birth. And so what you're hearing, and I'll speak to a little more in a minute or two, is the two truths, that there's relative truth and there's ultimate truth. And they're both true. There's relative truth of, oh, it's just the body. You know, there's a liver, there's a kidney, there's intestines, there's, a, you know, this muscle and that muscle and, you know, and eyes and ears and fingernails and hair on the, on the body and hair on the head and hair. How come we have, I always keep wondering, why do we have hair under our arms? I mean, I'm just not sophisticated enough to figure that out. But we do, and it's like, you know, we're, we're you know, we're little, you know, sometimes I feel a little like, a, oh, a little monkey, you know, because all this hair keeps growing. It doesn't stop either, except for in the head. I'm losing it more on the head. But everyone else have more hair. And it's like, 
I don't know. It's not, does my body think we're in the jungle or something? I don't know. But, but it's just what bodies do. So there's the relative level of body. And then there's this other level of body that we'll talk about that Walt Whitman pointed at. If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. And here's part of the, what I found pretty magical studying about this. And I have to give a deep bow and shout out to um, uh, Bob Stahl, who teaches the 32 parts of the body. And I've, uh, he's a friend. We've taught together. He's the head of Santa Cruz Insight. And, um, and uh, he, I said, Bob, I'm teaching about this. I don't teach about this so much. I said, can you send me some stuff? And he sent me some stuff. And he sent me this one thing. And it had different facts about the body that we don't usually know. So here, did you know every person has a unique tongue print? Right? Like, you know, we have unique fingerprints and we have a unique tongue print. Also, there's enough iron in, human, in a human body to make one small nail, right? So if you ever need a nail, it's, you could do it. <laughs> it's here. Or it takes 17 muscles to smile. Isn't that kind of wild? 17 muscles, but 43 to frown. So frown is working harder. And then here, more. Every breath we inhale, every breath we inhale billions of atoms that end up as heart cells, kidney cells, brain cells, etc. Every breath we inhale, we inhale billions of atoms. Right? And then it said the average adult is made up of a hundred trillion cells. A hundred trillion. Trillions bigger than billions. You know, so you got a lot of cells sitting right there, a hundred trillion. And the body gives birth to a hundred billion red cells every day. And here's one that caught my attention. Humans shed 600,000 particles of skin every hour. You get that? 600,000 particles of skin we shed every hour, about 1.5 pounds a year. So it's a really easy, <clears throat> excuse me, an easy way to lose weight. Just keep shedding, right? And it said by 70, and I'm 70, so this interested me, an average person will lose 105 pounds of skin. Like, you know, I could be 105 pounds heavier if I hadn't lost all that skin during my life, right? And then this was really interesting. Most dust particles in your house are made from dead skin. Like, I don't know who the hell figured that out, but I caught my attention when I saw it on this list. And then here more, the body. The body makes a new liver every six weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, really, some people are reacting. Me too. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know I was um, you know, manufacturing that well. The body grows a new liver every six weeks. The body grows new skin once a month, right? New skin once a month. And it replaces um, 
the body replaces with a new skeleton every seven years, right? So you, you see my friend back here, right? That was me seven years ago, and now I've got a new one. And here's the last one. Radioactive isotope studies. <clears throat> Radioactive isotope studies show the body replaces 98% of its atoms in less than one year. 98% of its, your atoms are replaced in less than one year. So which body are you? Because generally we think we're the body, don't, don't we? Which one are you? Are you that old liver or the new liver? Right? Or, you know, how much skin have you lost in the last week or two? And, right? And so it's pointing us at something here. And again, good acknowledgments to Bob Stahl because it's pointing us as something we see as fixed and as me may not be what we think it is because it's always changing and it's totally impermanent and there is nothing solid here. Even though there's an earth element, there's nothing actually solid. And so the elements then become part of that teaching, which is to look at the texture of what's here in the body, the earth element, which is characterized by stiffness or hardness or firmness, or solidity, or, or pressure, or ground, right? And it's about a certain kind of support it's talked about in Buddhism. It supports what's here, right? And the water element, you know, our bodies are three quarters water. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Three quarters water, you knew that? Yeah, good. It's like, total, we're totally liquid here. We're, we're you know, and this uh, wetness or, or fluidity is also characteristic of cohesion. And the, and the metaphor that's used in Buddhism is always about um, flour. Like flour is just powder until you put water on it and then it coheses. That's the function of the water element. And, and so there's a cohesiveness here to Eugene. And it's part of the water element that's functioning. And at some point it won't function and Eugene will be gone. Right? And then the, the, as St. John of the Cross said, he said, your body is a divine stream as, it, as is your spirit. Right? So it's pointing at the both um, elemental nature and that's on the relative plane, and the relative plane is not the only plane of existence. There's also the ultimate plane, which is also here, even in the water element, because our body is a divine stream, right? And, uh, and then the fire element, which is about temperature, heat, coolness, and manifests as warmth, right? When we cook, things often soften, and so it often brings a softening of the body when it's warm. Like when we get in a warm bath, things relax. There's a letting go or physically letting down. And of course, the air element, the wind element, 
expansion, contraction, extension, movement, aliveness. And it's said that in, in the ancient Indian belief that the, the four uh, elements were uh, part or components of all things, right? Earth, air, fire, water, and each corresponds to a quality of matter, earth to solidity, water to moisture, fire to heat, wind to motion. And those correspond, those four elements, to four intrinsic functions of the universe, to sustain and provide, to gather and contain, to mature and to cause growth. And in the Vasudhimaga, um, which is a great commentary on Buddhist teaching, it said in this body, what is hard or rough is the earth element, what is flowing or cohesive is the water element, what is maturing or ripening or, or heat is the fire element, what is pushing, supporting is the air element, and reviewed again and again by one practicing earth, water, fire, air element, they're, and seeing them as mere elements, they're not a being, they are selfless, right? They're just here. And we start to recognize the selfless, the non-self components of the reality that's sitting right here, that's, that's talking right now, that's moving around or writing or listening right now. And so it's part of what the first foundation of mindfulness can bring is this shift in perspective. And as I said, it includes both the relative and the ultimate. Let's see, I want to try and find something that was written here. Right, relative truth is the conventional world of subject, object, self, other, birth, death. All the familiar experiences of our lives are contained in this truth. Ultimate truth sees the same world quite differently. On the level of ultimate truth, there is no subject, object, separation. In fact, no things, quote, things, unquote, at all. And at its very deepest aspect, it is the unmanifest, the uncreated, the unborn, the undying, he said. And then the example, yeah, I don't like that example, I'm gonna go. On the relative level, we live and act and relate as individuals, one another with our personal stories and history. On the ultimate level, there is no self, no I, no me, no mine. Everything is a play of momentary changing elements. Everything is a play of the elements, right? And, and then in the Sutta Napata, this is from Joseph Goldstein. He's quoting the Sutta Napata, which has always been talk, told to me as the oldest Buddhist original text and believed by many of my friends, colleagues, and teachers to be one of the... Um, Uh, one of the clearest teachings of the Buddha that wasn't added on to by the people who wrote it down later. This, it's very old. And it said, the Buddha points directly the practice of freedom. Dry out that which is past. 
Let there be nothing for you in the future. If you do not grasp at anything in the present, you will, you will go about at peace. One who in regard to their, this entire mind-body complex has no cherishing of it as mine and who does not grieve for what is non-existent truly suffers no loss in the world. For that person, there is no thought of anything as this is mine or this is another's. Not finding any state of ownership and realizing nothing is mine, one does not grieve. And this not grieving is for what is not existent, non-existent. It is really the letting go of I, me, and mine. And seeing that this is all the functioning of causes and conditions that include the elemental nature. So I'm gonna stop there. Um, I did pretty good on time, I'm glad. Uh, um, time for questions, comments. Anything interesting? How was it? How was the meditation? What would you, what would be helpful for you to talk about now? Or to, what would you like to learn about? Or what would you like to disagree with me about? Which is always fine. And then you have to raise your hand. You have to go to the participants section. I believe that's where you, you'll find the hand raising. Oh, there we go, Jim. And I always want to encourage whoever hasn't spoken, speak up, put your voice in the room. We, we want you here. Okay, Jim. Um. Yeah, I sometimes feel a little guilty being the first one, but I also think, well, I'll break the ice. Okay, well, you can be both guilty and break the ice. <laughs> so this is actually a question that I've had with me for a couple of the classes, um, and it doesn't apply exactly to what you spoke to today, but I figure out I'm going to ask it now. And this has to do with a belief that I have that, the Satipatthana and pretty much all the Buddhist teachings as I understand them on meditation are pointing us towards achieving jhana, something you've talked about a little bit during this, this course. Um, and that vipassana and the realization of how things really are, the three characteristics, comes after having achieved jhana and that therefore liberation or whatever you want to call it, awakening, happens also through jhana, or therefore jhana has to be achieved before insight can be achieved, before liberation can be achieved. And, you know, it's just a belief I have. I don't know if it's true, but I'm very curious as to what is your belief about what I just said. Uh, I think jhana is good, and I don't think you have to have it to wake up. I think it's very supportive. It can be very supportive to wake up. And I like jhana. I enjoy jhana. I've had a lot of fun with jhana. And I've gotten attached to jhanas. And so, <laughs> really, because they're, they're really, they're powerful. And they're very, 
there's a lot of happiness and bliss and peace that comes, sometimes called false peace, because it's very peaceful. You think you're there, but, but you've always got to keep doing it. You've always got to keep being, you, you've got to keep practicing to be in jhana. Yeah, so maybe, so yeah, so so thank you. And I, I didn't know um, how much you had practiced and experienced uh, jhana. Yeah, but yeah, I also I, have another kind of story that in. And Elias, let me say one more thing. And again, it depends which teacher you talk to. Most of the teachers I know would probably agree with me. And, uh, but the teacher who I studied with, like he was clear, oh, you go to jhana and then awakening happens. And okay. that's, and I'm sure that's what happened for him. And he's good teacher and you know, he knows a lot, so. Who is that person? Um, uh, Tan Jeff. Do you know okay. who Tan Jeff is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from, he's like Tan, from New York or something, right? Uh, I don't know if I don't know where Tom Jeff is from. I don't think so. I think he's from the middle of the country. He's from uh, he's he's a bhikkhu. He's Tanasaro bhikkhu, and he has a monastery down in Southern California, uh, near oh, yeah. San Diego. San yeah. Diego County. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's um, he's written and translated lots, and yeah. you know he's he's good. Yeah, I do. I listen to his. Um, talk sometimes. So then the other question I just kind of want to add though, which may not be as important, um, but it seems like in today's world where life is so much more complicated than I believe it probably was at the time of the Buddha, I believe our minds have become kind of programmed or accustomed to or conditioned to multitask and, and we're scattered, but yet we still are able to operate. And as a result, achievement of, of unification, achievement of jhana is much more difficult, I think, for us in today's world, like it, than maybe some monk living, you know, in Burma or something. Um, and so I was also kind of curious as to what you, you think about that. I mean, are we kind of up against additional challenges living in the chaotic, you know, tech world and stuff that we do well 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 well. okay so remember for me uh, my understanding is jhana comes with um usually with a lot of sitting so it comes on retreat doesn't usually come for me at home it can but that's rare hmm. that's like it just does itself sometimes but mostly that's not what's happening when i'm sitting at home you know and you know for an hour a day or whatever i'm sitting and uh, it can, it can, meaning I can get very concentrated. They call it access concentration when you're near mm -hmm. jhana. But, um, but no, really jhana came on retreat where I was sitting long retreats. And, and that's all I was trying to do was see about, oh yeah. And even when it happened, it was like total surprise because it's like, oh, that's a different world, jhana. And mostly, no, that's not where I live. So, okay, and, so and I, I don't, I don't think it's more complicated. I think we just need time and space, and it's hard for most people. Okay, so, all right. I'm going to stop. I see three other hands yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you, it. But you. I have. Wait, I have a question for you. Yes. Who's please. the flute player on your T-shirt? Oh, well, let's see if you can guess. Comes uh, from Jethro Tull. 
It's Ian Anderson. I went to oh, a concert oh. in Madrid and they, I bought this T-shirt. <laughs> okay. Did you ever, ever hear Eric Dolphy play flute? No. Check out Eric Dolphy. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, DJ, you're next. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Um, yeah, this is the first time I've spoken. I, um, thank you. Glad no, to have your I, voice in the room. Well, thank you, actually. Um, I was on retreat with you in uh, the end of January in Spirit, at Spirit Rock. Mm -hmm. And uh, while this, while you were leading today, tonight, um, I don't know, I was feeling or thinking like, plus the, at the same time, I've been listening to Frank read his book, The Five mm -hmm. Invitations, mm -hmm. when I'm walking, mm -hmm. when I get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And um, so what came to me while we were doing that meditation, your guided meditation was, uh, a story that I think Deborah told at the retreat that made sense suddenly um, about her friend who was dying and consciously dying and in order not to frighten her granddaughter or grandchild, she was describing her from her feet up leaving. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is how she was that aware. Mm. Possible. I don't, and, I don't know. But, you know. I like the practice. Thank you for leading it. Great. I'm glad you liked it. I think it's really great practice. And it's more complicated than we usually teach in terms of things to do. But mm -hmm. I've really, um, you know, and again, I learned it on a long retreat with, with, with um, Venerable Analio. And uh, it stayed with me. And if you want to hear more of him teaching it, mm -hmm. I believe there's uh, at least one tape at Dharma Seed Tape Catalog that you can get, and then you can, you'll hear him doing it. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, sure. Thank you. Okay, Phil. How are you, Phil? Where are you? There you are. Thank you, Eugene. Hi. So my question is, um, I think we can all agree that awareness is, is very spontaneous and physiologic. You asked... I don't, I don't, I don't agree that with that. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, let me finish. Okay, please. <laughs> I always like to play with you, Phil. <laughs> I see awareness uh -huh. there you go. physiologic and spontaneous. When I look at mindfulness, I see that as a learned phenomena. Uh -huh, okay. And when you ask the question, what is it that knows awareness, uh -huh. I also think that that is a learned phenomenon. Uh -huh. In other words, we are intentionally directing the ability to be aware to allow us to be aware of what we are aware of. What do you think? Yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't agree with me from the start. Where's the <laughs> no, no, I just don't think it's a big deal. I think awareness is not something we're doing now. Yeah. Okay, and that mindfulness is a skill that we learn. And, but okay. mindfulness, but sati, 
also, but it's it's a it's um, it's one way we a better way to say it is it's one way to understand what mindfulness is. Of course, if you look at the word sati, I believe the most accurate translation for sati is awareness, and so it's awareness beginning beginning to learn how to function on the relative level through Phil and Eugene. And awareness is then functional because of relative truth. Okay. And then we can be mindful. We can do things. We can be mindful of skin, flesh, bones. Right? We can choose because there's a relative reality that consciousness is, there is both in the relative reality and it's beyond that. Hold on, I've got to get the door because I'm expecting some medicine. The doorbell just rang. Excuse me. How did that sound, Phil? So, so could you answer the question that you ask us all the time from uh -huh. your perspective? What is it that knows? Uh, reality is knowing. Reality is knowing. Yeah. Because reality is knowing reality. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll have to ponder that for a bit. <laughs> okay. Well, also, but ponder it experientially, right? Because mm -hmm. something is knowing what I'm saying and what you're thinking and what is that? Where is that? And yeah, I think it's less mystical and magical than you. Uh, that, that may be. Well, we, may, we may have different temperaments that way. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Thank okay. You. Thank you, Phil. Who else? Uh, Don Lee. And that's never, that's never who's speaking. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's Heather. <laughs> right. Okay, I, I was right. <laughs> you were. <laughs> so I have an experiential question. Sure. Um, so on, I think I did this with you before on the Maran. Maran Asante. Yeah. Street, right. You did. You do this on that, right? The, I, I do. I do what? This practice, the Maran, uh, the this, the practice that we just did. You just walked us through. Uh huh. I don't. Yeah, I don't always do it, so I don't know. But. I think that you did our version of it, and uh -huh. I don't, but anyway, but I don't remember having this question then, or maybe I, I did. So I love the practice, and I and um, and the very this, I think the second teaching that you did in this class, you talked about knowing from the inside, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so this practice feels very much about that, right? Mm -hmm. But it also feels um, like, for me, 
in order to do it, I need to use my imagination as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't feel my liver. Well, well, you can, but but it's not something we usually spend time directing our attention at. And so it's, we can just know that it's there. Okay. Right. And so then remember it's about full awareness or knowing what's true. And it's true that you have a liver. And so it's a, it's a kind of combination of experiential and conceptual. Okay. That's, and that's, that was my question. Cause it yeah. felt like certain things I could feel and certain things I couldn't feel. Right. Okay. Right. And, and yeah, and I'm not even, uh, we're not actually going through them conceptually, but you can feel the flesh that's here, right? Like in your legs or in your hands, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, and then of course, sometimes you can think, oh, that's a muscle or it's my, you know, my, in my arm, it's my um, bicep or my tricep, which is more conceptual. But the actual feeling I have right here is muscle, is flesh. Uh-huh. Right? And so both. And again, this is where the relative ultimate starts to open it all up. Because we're not one or the other. All of that is here. The conceptual and the experiential are both here. And really, when we, at a deeper level of practice, even the conceptual is experiential. Even the conceptual is experiential. I think I get it, but I mean... But don't get it, you know. <laughs> well, that's a very Zen answer, then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay, Don, thank you for always being here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, where are we? Um, if you. Uh, who's my iPhone? iPhone? That's what it said. Hello. Oh. Wait, I'm trying to unmute. There there it is. Wait. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yes. Hi, iPhone. Okay. Hi. <laughs> iPhone, aka Tasha. Great. Hi, Tasha. Hi. So last week I had a lot of success with trying to be in my body. Uh-huh. And this week I want to be anywhere but in my body. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure what has changed. And I've been observing that, but I don't really know what to do about it. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts. Don't be in your body. Ah. And be Good. aware of what happens when you don't push yourself to be in your body. And then, and, and then what's here? Even right now. Well, it feels, it's like what you mentioned about relaxing into something. And that's one of the important pieces that one of the skills we all learn usually slowly over the life of practice is to relax even when we're not doing what they're telling us to do. I did a big teaching uh, yesterday um, 
wait, where are we? Yeah, yesterday morning, uh, 500 people worldwide for the Diamond Approach meditation. And, um, and uh, this one woman got on later and she said, you know, I just want to say, I couldn't listen to all those instructions. I had it with those instructions. I just wanted silence, so I muted you. And I was like, great, that's exactly what you should do if you don't want to hear the instructions, is trust your intuition and see what happens. But stay present with what's here. Cool, so, thank you for that. Okay, great, good. And are you, do you have feet? As far as I know, yes. Can you feel them? I did. I was doing walking, actually, while you were doing the meditation, okay. which was a wonderful way to experience that. Great, 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 great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, DJ, did I touch? DJ. Oh, we already chatted. Oh, we, we chatted. Oh, sorry. I'm just, you know. No I'm worries. Sure. I'm not worried. Um, <laughs> Travis. Am I unmuted? Can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Good. Hi. How are you, Eugene? I'm good. good. You know, given it's a strange world we live in right now. Yep. Uh, so my uh, question is about the practice of the elements. Uh huh. And when I first heard the instruction of the elements, it helped me to bring uh, awareness to my kind of lived experience. So. I could feel variations in hardness and softness and expansion and contraction and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So at a very, at a very uh, somatic level. Yeah. And then also I know that there is just the bare knowing of like, this is earth element. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So at that conceptual level, is there anything that specific, of value to knowing it just the bare knowing of like this is earth element versus the lived experience of hardness softness that maybe i haven't heard taught before well here's my thought is that um even the conceptual is has its own um is tangible and also it's feeding something into the psyche, the con conceptual, and the psyche is alive. And so, and I've seen this, uh, you know, like, of course, I'm much more practiced like you, like I like the somatic kinesthetic, feeling it, sensing it. And then I was with uh, Bhante Buddha Rakata, uh, teaching retreat recently and he's totally into earth element earth element earth element oh yeah i was aware of earth element oh. and then i saw oh it comes alive in him through the concept right even though he's just saying oh yeah that's earth element here's water element, water element water element. he's and he said that's how he trained himself he would just tell himself water over one and and it just comes alive and he came alive and it was like and also this somebody asked about this but you can go to jhana through the elements right sure. all right okay good yeah, yeah. so i was with you i, I was there oh okay okay. Uh, okay so yeah. if, so what you're saying if i could summarize 
and sure. make sure that I understand is that when the con the concept hits, you know, when the concept arises, yeah. that has its own lived experience. Yes. Mindful of that. Yeah. Has, you don't you don't even have yeah. to do much. Yeah. Just, it just happens. It just does its what it does. Especially yeah. the more the presence of mindfulness is here, then consciousness is permeable. Yep. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And please take your hands down if you if you uh raise them. Good, thank you. And I'm gonna oh well, I won't take them down. Yeah, well, I'm gonna remove some hands. Okay, good. Okay, anybody else before we stop tonight? We've got time. <clears throat> anybody not like the the meditation or the teaching or anything about the elements or the parts of the body? Jeff, are you here, Jeff? Oh, I need to unmute you. Jeff. Hi. Hi, Jeff. You want to say yeah, something? Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, so San Francisco Insight um, has been operating for many years uh, on the generosity of the Sangha members. And uh, just a reminder about Donna or... Um, uh, the uh, website has got a donation page, which you've probably already been to once, but uh, a reminder that once you hit the donation button on the SFI website, it'll take you directly to the PayPal website, and there's a drop-down menu, and you can um, choose if you want to donate for the Satipatthana uh, sutta class like for tonight um, and it's also got some other categories for the Sunday night sits but that's going to help us as we're doing the online teaching that's going to help us allocate the uh, the Donna for among the teachers and among SFI so we thank you for your generosity great thank you Jeff and I have a question did I send out the structure of Satipatthana a page that shows you a structure of the Satipatthana Sutta. It's a picture in words and, okay, I'm gonna send it to all of you right now. I think I can do that. Give me a second to see how to do it. Uh, let's see, mute all. How do I send something to everybody? Let's see. Does anybody know how to send something? Lisa, oh wait, I'm unmuting Lisa. Lisa? I, Hi. I don't know anything about sending it. <laughs> it's coming in with the last okay. Okay, go ahead. observation Please. about the body and the, 
you know, the facts that you, you recited from, and, you know, we take in all the atoms and, you know, we're taking in the virus, just the virus is another body. Uh-huh, yeah. An old body. Yeah. And it's out there and it's in there and it's out and it's in changing. And, you know, just the, the facts that you recited about the, the churn in our bodily systems and the t- turnover <laughs> in the molecule and the atomic level. And it's like, uh-huh. it's a question that's sort of non-dharmic. Like, I mean, when you get an illness like cancer or something, you know, right. you can have it for many years, you know, when like, right are changing and everything changing and something you know this this makes me think about the analogous to like conditioning and how things change but they they line up again in in, in patterns that, that you've established by you know your conditioning habit and um, not even you know volitional actions that you take but just the energies and patterns and rhythms of the universe that affect how the bodies come apart and reassemble and viruses come and viruses go. I mean, right. it's, it's all. So what, is there a question or a comment? No, it's an observation. Yeah. Well, no, it's true. I mean, then you just see all the, all the causes and conditions because some people are exposed to the virus and it's not a problem. And some people get sick and they're okay. And some people, it's a death sentence. And, and so it's all the causes and conditions are, you know, part of the picture of any moment. And even of our body. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I sit in that sitting, I, I just not... Hard to feel the skin. I can feel the flesh. I can feel the bones. It all feels like it's matter in a container, and my awareness is somewhere outside my body. Mm-hmm. Peaceful. It's aware, though, of what's in the body. Feels pressure. It feels, you know, it's like. Uh, kind of that churn and pressure and kind of it's contained by the skin i don't really feel the skin when you talk about it except for the that it's a lid on something this uh-huh. is outside of it free right. and it, what wait what's outside of it free my aware the awareness right okay yeah it's free outside of that lid right. yeah that pot with the lid on it that's right. my bag of bones and uh-huh yeah yeah so is it your awareness? I just, you know, rested in the awareness. Right. Well, who rested? Awareness. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. Because <laughs> it's just awareness resting it's just awareness, in itself. awareness, but... Anyway. No, no, good, good. Okay, I'm trying to do one thing. I want some help from somebody. Maybe so, I'm... Eugene, um, if you can email a file, you can go to the chat. And there's a little, there's a little icon that at the bottom yeah. of the right, I think that says file. Yeah. You should be able to browse and put your file. Well, what I get is I get, um, here. Uh, no, let me go to the chat again. So I get chat, I open that up and then at the bottom it says to everybody. 
type right. message here. To the right, there's it says file. Yeah. Hit file, and that should allow you to. I don't see file. No. No, I see. I see. Uh, I open a box. It says save chat. Participant can chat with no one. Host only. Everyone. Everyone publicly, privately. I don't see file. Hmm. Well, mine has file. Um, I don't know then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, because I have a nice document, and then I, I keep trying to drop it in. It won't drop in. Let's just see, is there... Yeah, I don't see anywhere else to look for it. Let me just see. Chat. Yeah. Huh. No. Okay. So we'll we'll try to figure out how to get it to you all, but we're not going to take more time now. So um, let's just sit for a minute before we end. Given the teachings on the parts of the body and the, and the elements and the naturalness of the elements, I'll, I'll end with a poem. We know this earth is made from our bodies, for we see ourselves and we are nature. We are nature seeing nature. We are nature with a concept of nature nature weeping, nature speaking of nature to nature. And offering our good fortune to be here and practice together out um, to all of nature and to all beings in nature. May all beings be happy and peaceful May all beings discover their natural radiance of being. May all beings wake up and discover their true nature, their Buddha nature. May all beings be free. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you again Tuesday. And this Sunday, I'm not at SFI. Pam Weiss is teaching. So I'll see you next Tuesday. Please be well, stay healthy, six feet, wash your hands, all the, all the right stuff so that nature can relax a little bit. Okay, be well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.